In this pre-Thanksgiving special edition of the Iowa Cyclocross podcast, we will talk to the people's champ, Angie Armstead. We'll tackle all the hard-hitting debates, including should single speeds have their own race, are flat bars taboo, and are hand-ups really a crime? Enjoy. All right, Iowa Cyclocross podcast. Angie Armstead is our next guest today. Angie is the reigning, well, I should, I should say the 2017 Iowa CX Series champion. She won an impressive eight races in 2017. And uh, how are you doing today? I'm really good. How are you? Uh, I cannot complain. It uh, Today was at least nicer than it has been the rest of this week. And That's true. Yeah, you know, it's it's a Wednesday. Can't can't complain. Weeks yeah. over halfway over, so I'm I'm doing well. All right. First things first, how did you feel about Rob uh voluntolding? Rob Rob Versteg, our, our previous guest. <laughs> he voluntold you. Uh you know, yeah. you could have said no, but what what do you think about Rob uh suggesting you be our next guest? Um I mean I was a little surprised. Rob knows <laughs> pretty much everybody um so yeah i thought it would he would maybe uh throw somebody else out there but i'm excited that he that he threw me out so yeah 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 he's a legend so when you get (laughs) when you get suggested when you get props by rob that that's a big deal right all right so uh when i talked to rob it was halloween so i asked him of course about candy and if he had a costume and everything so next week already is thanksgiving hard to believe so do you have a favorite thanksgiving food oh gosh um hmm. well sweet potatoes are my all-time favorite food so i'd probably have to go with sweet potatoes that's a good choice i kind of forget about that because like i i too have sweet potatoes basically year round Mm -hmm. so i mean it it it's just another day in the, the sweet potato neighborhood pretty <laughs> right much. But yeah good good choice all right a uh, little more serious let's start with the basics um where are you from what do you do give us kind of the the general uh background on angie armstead okay um well i'm from madrid just 30 miles ish north of des moines yeah um, tigers yeah that's right <laughs> Uh, we live in Urbandale now. Um, we've kind of lived all around a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm from. Married to James. We have two dogs. Um, so I'm your, yeah, I am your, uh, stereotypical dog mom. Um, (laughs) if you look at my Instagram account, it's dog pictures pretty much all the time. Um, and then I, Currently, I'm doing custom jersey sales for Bike Rags Apparel. Wow. Uh, um, I am also pursuing a certification through Beautiful Life Coaching to become a certified life coach, which I will become certified in April. Um, I do uh, seasonal sales at Rassies. So if you've come into Rassies, you usually see me during the summer. And then I am also technically james's personal assistant for our software consulting company so i stay busy yeah i would Um, say so yeah just doing kind of random things 
Nice. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, all right. You, you are known locally as the people's. <laughs> um, is there a story behind that nickname? Um, you know, I probably, I don't actually know what it is. <laughs> uh, I feel like I just showed up to a race and um, people started calling me that. Um, I do think it is originating from Chad Donahue, maybe. Okay. Um, or and or Joe Peterson. All right. So maybe um, we'll have to follow up with them behind. The yeah. Meaning of... Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> well, it is. You know, it is fitting. Last year, you did win the uh, Iowa CX series, so yep. I, I guess I guess it's it's very fitting. All right. Uh, what what got you interested in cyclocross or cycling in general? Um, well, cycling, we started cycling, um, I think it was actually about the same time that my brother-in-law, Scott Olson, um, became one of the owners of Flat Tiger Lounge. Nice. Uh, so, I mean, if you've been there, you know, it's right on the High Trestle Trail. Uh, that's a really good social, casual riding, um, trail because, when we started, I guess we were your typical ragbri riders of just riding to the next bar and hanging out. Um, so we kind of just rode the high trestle back and forth between Woodward and Slater um, for the longest time. And mm -hmm. then um, for cyclocross, I, <clears throat> I think it was actually after watching um, – Scott and James race for a couple of years. Um, just going to the races, I would, or I would, I would be at the races. Um, but then after being there, I'm just like, I can do this. Like yeah. this looks like fun, and I can yeah. buy a new bike if I do it. So there you go. Uh, so yeah, I started started racing. Yeah. So and kind of a follow up. Uh, you've you know relatively new to the scene you kind of came out of nowhere in only like i think i believe last year was your third year of racing and you won mm -hmm. the inaugural iowa cx series yeah. um what what do you in your mind what do you think uh allowed you to have such success and you know kind of describe how you accomplished that i guess well, there were a lot of things that I think helped me accomplish that and a lot of people. Um, I think one of the biggest, biggest things for me was um, the outside help um, that I was getting. Uh, Chad and Joe helped a ton. They had some pop-up clinics that they had um, James and I come to along with some other, just a small handful of people um, and really work on our skills. So just that like one-on-one -on -one time, I guess, with them. Uh, since they knew what they were doing and I did not, it was super helpful. Um, but I also just, um, like right from the beginning of last year, I knew that I wanted to, um, be competitive in cyclocross instead of just being there for fun. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I had some more structured training. I added a lot of running in, um, which I felt like really helped me. I trained for a half marathon, um, and I also bought a new bike. It was a way better bike than the one <laughs> I had. Um, I had better wheels, so it's crazy. But just the difference in that um, was was really beneficial for me. Yeah. Okay. So to paraphrase, all mm -hmm. for everyone listening, <laughs> train for a half marathon. 
Yeah. <laughs> get, get a nicer bike and uh, yeah, structure find, training. Yeah. Yeah. Find some people to help you with your yeah, skills. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So kind of to, I feel like the crux of, hopefully the crux of our discussion today um, <laughs> and maybe, maybe why, you know, I, I can't read Rob's mind, but maybe why he wanted you to be on uh, mm-hmm. cycling and more specifically cyclocross, not a very diverse sport in Iowa. And I, I think, you know, I don't want to throw a blanket statement on it, but really across the country for the most part, you know, it's, it's mostly white men um, in, in cyclocross and cycling too. Um, so, you know, one thing Rob and I talked about last time was that for a lot of people, um, because just because of cyclocross, it's kind of a fun, goofy sport that maybe it is a little more approachable for people, but it's not diverse and we're not seeing diversity. And Mm -hmm. so do you have any ideas of how we can foster more inclusive environment and make cyclocross more approachable, inviting for everyone? Oh man, this is something that has been on my mind and I've been um, hoping to work toward for this entire year. Mm -hmm. Um, We, I actually have a few different things um, kind of coming up. Um, I'm like, I'm working with, and we've kind of put it off a little bit because she just had a baby. Um, But I've been working with somebody with Stephanie Schmidt, which she raced last year. Um, cycle cross on a women's advocacy group um, to really just educate women on what cycle cross is and kind of what you can um, gain and experience from being a part of cycle cross Uh, because really cycle cross I mean when you go to a race you can see everybody just like hanging out and um, well, most people, I guess, hanging out and they have their group whether it's part of your whether they're part of your team or not. Um, it's really like a family atmosphere. Um, so we're working on that. Uh, by doing that, I think one of the biggest things that we need to do, um, and I guess everybody, if they want to uh, include some more women, would be finding the barriers that are keeping the women back. Um, so figuring out what those are and then breaking those down. Um, For me personally, before I started racing um, and also just talking to some women here and there, uh, it's just, it's really intimidating. Even though if you talk to current racers, cyclocross isn't intimidating at all. It's that initial, like trying to get into the sport and figuring out where do I belong. For me, that was really hard because when I started, um, James had already had a team or he knew where he was going. Um, and I was kind of just that lone wolf, I guess, uh, just like left out there by myself, didn't really know where to go. Um, so with it being intimidating, I think one of the biggest things that we would need to do, or that I think we should do is get rid of the gender, um, exclusive teams that we have. Like, it's really great Mm. that they're, that they can be like social teams, but as a race team, um, that was one of the most intimidating things for me. I'm like, Oh, like there's a male team that mainly races and there's a female team that doesn't really race. Like I, I'm like part of the, I'm like in the middle there. Like, where do I go? Yeah. Um, not saying that the, like 
any team that is gender exclusive is terrible or anything like that. I'm not trying to make enemies here. Um, but yeah, I think that could be one of the, one of the bigger things that way. Yeah. Everybody has a place to belong. Sure. Um, and with the, like, everybody knows Des Moines has a huge and fantastic team of women. Um, they have so many women getting out on their bikes, um, doing everything. So one of the things I would really love to do is engage with them and work with them on how we can figure out or like how we can get more of their women racing and then figure out um, since they have so many, um, so many women on their team, figure out what their barriers are to racing. Mm -hmm. Um, So that would be like a really good connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know that necessarily outside of racing um, that, you know, participation isn't, good amongst women for example i think you know you see uh people out on the trails all the time riding Mm -hmm. um like you say more social aspects um and and maybe maybe it's maybe people just don't want to race and don't want to be competitive but i think right i think you you are correct in your assessment of intimidation i mean it's it's intimidating for everyone cyclocross while it is fun and goofy Mm -hmm. and most people really don't care how well you're doing you know you're your own worst critic and you're like oh my god i'm getting dropped i'm last i'm making Mm -hmm. a fool of myself i'm crashing um and especially if you're not you know if you're new to it uh Mm -hmm. those thoughts can run through your head and everything um but i i think once people experience it you know like you say it, it is a family it's a very welcoming environment we aren't you know we we try to be positive and uplifting and not negative and critical and being mean just for the sake of being mean like no one's no one's really like that but right too you know like i i kind of wonder i see a similar thing with like mountain biking in iowa or central iowa i mean a lot of people do it recreationally but racing wise Mm -hmm. it's like where's the participation numbers because compared to like cyclocross it's like you know, and I think, again, a part of it's an intimidation thing. Like, it's intimidating mm-hmm. to say, like, you're going to do mountain biking. But it's really not, like, I just tell people it's just, like, riding in the woods, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think I think you're right on that. And I think it is something that we need to address and get out. And, you know, because, like, I know even the Des Moines Bike Collective, I personally mm-hmm. – you know, I've never gone to it, but I know they have a continuous series of, I think it's like women rolling collectively and they have yeah, yep. clinics of like, and I, I think that's been pretty well received and attended mm-hmm. and everything. So it's, I think it's really engaging with a lot of what's already there. Just like you say, uh, discovering what those barriers are and maybe, maybe, you know, um, one, one example um, I think of is, like, I feel like a lot of women are doing, you know, 5Ks and 10Ks and mm-hmm. running, you know, and they, they, amongst their group of friends, they're like, oh, we're going to train for this race. And you see tons of women doing that. But part of it is it's like, you know, what, $100 or less to get buy started. Nice yeah. Shoes and, uh, you know, your, your registration for the race or whatever. And, but 
you know, getting into cycling, that's like a little bit bigger investment and Mm -hmm. things like that. So maybe that's another barrier too. I don't know per se, but um, I can see that being. Yeah, it could be. Um, That's one of the things that I really like working at Rassies for um, is just because I do get to talk to so many women that are coming in and buying bikes. And when they come in, they're like, I, this is the kind of bike that I am supposed to buy because their husband told them or their boss told them or their friend told them, like they're listening to somebody that, um, which is great that they're getting all this advice. But like, my first question is what type of writing are you going to do? Like, Mm -hmm. what is your goal? Uh, because I would love to, and I started to this year, I started talking to pretty much anybody that came in the door and was like, I want a road bike. Um, just trying to really dig in and see what kind of riding they could do. Um, because if it, if it turned into like, oh, I'd maybe try gravel, like that'd be kind of cool. Um, then I would try to get them to test ride like a diverge, which is a specialized gravel bike, um, or the crux because Mm -hmm. switch out the, the tires and you're good to go on a gravel bike. I mean, that's what I do. It's a lot more versatile. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just trying to get them on something that they can use for pretty much anything. And then maybe that next step would be like, Oh, maybe I'll try cycle cross. I have a bike for it. So why not? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I do think price is a big, a pretty big factor. Um, I mean, it's biking in general is not cheap right? <laughs> um, because you have a bike and you always want another bike. Yeah. Um, or at least I do. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of factors that we'll have to try and figure out. And I don't know, like, we can't really get rid of, like, financial factors. It'd be great if bikes were just for free, but right Uh, since that's not the case I don't know um we are like there's a small group of us that are working on some stuff for next year and our goal is to have um some beginner clinics and some women's only clinics nice um for like cycle cross um and then also I think maybe a mountain bike clinic um that's still kind of in the works uh so yeah hopefully Hopefully with those, we can, we can get some more people out just to try it and just to see what cycle cross is or what mountain biking is. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't really say anything about mountain biking. I own a mountain bike and have maybe ridden it twice. Yeah. Um, so I've never raced before. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Hopefully something, hopefully something that we're doing is going to take off. Yeah, for sure. So one thing you mentioned about the bikes that kind of, um, you know, clicked with me was, uh, it's probably been over a year ago, but my, my mom was in the market for a new bike and and she Mm -hmm. has like a hybrid or she had a hybrid and she, she basically wanted something similar, but just a more updated model. And of course the first thing she says is she wants a step through. And I'm like, mom, (laughs) you're not going to find a step through like anywhere anymore. You know? And it just kind of reminded me of what, you were talking about where someone tells them, Oh, you have to have a step through. Cause that's a women's bike, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, but you know, and so she got this like really nice hybrid that is not a step through. And she was like super nervous about that. Cause she's like, Oh, how am I going to get like my leg over the bar and everything? Mm-hmm. And it's like, mom, like if it, if it fits you, if it's the right size bike, like it won't be a problem. Like, yeah. so 
that just kind of reminded me of, you know, something similar you were talking about. Um, one other thing I did want to bring up and just to kind of get your opinion of it is there's been, and I mean, I, I, I think it's fairly standard practice. I know it's not, but uh, there's been a lot of push of equal payouts for men and women. So mm-hmm. I'm going to get your opinion on that. And some of the discussions about um, putting women's races in the quote, prime time and um you know a lot of the discussions over you know uh the the men's races being the featured races of the day and that sort of thing Mm -hmm. so i i just want to get from from your perspective as a racer like do you think that makes any difference uh what's your experience been with it for you i guess does that does that make a difference yeah um so equal payouts i'm totally for it uh, I, I mean, I've been in conversations with people, um, that have said women shouldn't get paid more or shouldn't get paid the same amount until we bring more women to the starting line, um, which I completely disagree with. Uh, I'm trying everything I can to get more women involved, but most of the men that come to the start line aren't bringing other men with them. Right. Um, so I think it, that's just a really unfair uh, excuse, I guess. Um, but also one of the things that I'm sure you've heard is that since women only race for 45 minutes, we should get paid for only the 45 minutes that oh, we're doing my. and not the 60 minutes, which oh. again is, a, I mean, nobody asked us how long we wanted to race. Um, if USAC told us we're going to race 60 minutes, the women are going to go to the starting line and race 60 minutes. Um, like we're not arguing with anybody about that. So again, it seems like a really invalid excuse, um, for not getting paid the same amount. I know in UCI, that's what they're struggling with is like women aren't racing the same amount of time. So they're not getting paid the same, um, and it's interesting you bring up UCI because I know a lot of the, like the World Cup in Waterloo and mm-hmm. Iowa City, Jingle Cross. They have equal I want to say they almost had, I'm thinking both of those, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they had more women in those races. I, I know that oh, I know sure. I was reading some stuff that there were more women starting in almost all of those. So, I mean, I, I think that argument, I mean, like, it's just, you know, it's very, that's very hypocritical. Cause like take, okay. So you're going to apply that argument to like the cat four or five races. Those guys are racing for prizes. Okay. Right. They're bringing in (laughs) a ton of money. And it, the other thing is like, this is amateur racing. None of us are doing it to make a living. Like, so, okay. Yeah. That was just my little rant, but yeah. Um, and then as far as uh, like women race being prime time, um, or in the like good time slot, I guess, uh, for local races, I don't necessarily know that it's a big deal. Um, one of the things that I think has really helped this year, a couple of races didn't do it for some reason, um, is putting all of the women racing races at one time. Mm -hmm. Um, so instead of, just the like one, two, three women, the five of us racing together. Um, we have all, all of the categories and then there's like 
15 to 20 women on the starting line, it makes for a little bit better race for us racers um, and doesn't feel like we're out on the course by ourselves the entire time. Because mm-hmm. um, again, that plays into the int- intimidation factor sure. of like, oh my gosh, everybody's watching me. Everybody can see me fall down. Everybody can right. see that I'm getting lapped. Like um, when there's more people out there, honestly, they're probably not even paying attention anyway. <laughs> um, for like UCI, I would totally rather watch the women racers. So I think they should be in prime time anyway. <laughs> but yeah, that's just my opinion. Yeah. Very good. Uh, do you think that that covers it for that topic? Shall we move on? Or do you, do you have anything more you want to ruminate on? No, I think that's good. Okay. Well, the lesson learned is look out for more from Angie because it's coming. And yeah. uh, women racers out there, Angie's, Angie's going to get you on the start line very soon. So be That's prepared. right. <laughs> okay. Uh, switching gears a little bit. Um, outside of cycling, what do you like to do in your spare time? Oh gosh. Um, really anything, anything and everything. Um, I, I mean, we have dogs, so we're, and our dogs are probably the laziest dogs you've ever met. Um, Mm -hmm. so they like to just sit around and sleep all day. So on the weekends, if we're not doing anything, we're probably just sitting on the couch and they're laying right (laughs) next to us. Um, that's great then running and hanging out with our nieces and nephews. That's about it. (laughs) Yeah. I wish my dog was like that. He is a, he's a menace. And if he does not get his hour plus long walk in every day, you will not be sleeping at night. So, Oh yeah. My dog, one of my dogs, um, when I grab the leash to take him on a walk, he runs away and hides. (laughs) So yeah. Um, Okay. Uh, you coffee drinker? Absolutely. I love coffee. Awesome. Okay. Do you have any, I'm always up for suggestions. Um, do you have a good coffee shop recommendation or a, uh, like, uh, a, a particular coffee that I should try? Mm. Um, well, I'm just a, just a latte drinker. That's how Ooh. I test out. That's how I test out all my coffee shops. Um, but yeah, I think my favorite, I have two favorite coffee shops. Um, one because it's really close to where we live um, but the other one is Horizon Line downtown absolutely love that place I like the atmosphere the people that work there are absolutely amazing um, we've kind of turned it into our like when we're riding in the summer that's usually where we'll stop for coffee after the ride um, but the one that's close to me that I go to all the time is Twisted Bean they have a couple of locations um, but it's just a good atmosphere. I can sit and get some work done. Nice. Yeah. I haven't, I've gotten beans from horizon line, but I haven't, I haven't actually sat down and drank a cup of coffee at either of those places. So I will put them, I will put them on my list. Yes, definitely. Um, so you, you mentioned lattes. Are you big into doing latte art then? Like me personally? Yeah. Like at home, do you do latte art? No. Okay. Mm-mm. Like I only drink black coffee at home. We don't oh, have gotcha. like I've tried to make we only have we have a French press yeah. and I've tried to make a latte with that and it is not the same. Yeah. Um but I have my goal is to get a rocket espresso sometime sometime soon ish. Um it's an espresso machine. 
Nice. Yeah. That looks pretty cool. So. <laughs> Very good. All right. Similarly, uh, like, what do you like to eat? And do you have a favorite local restaurant? Um, I, I will pretty much eat anything. It kind of depends on what I'm in the mood for. Um, I do have a favorite restaurant, a couple of them, actually. Um, I really like Simon's. Oh, yes. Um, good place. So good. But there's always such a very long wait. And they don't take reservations. Right. You yeah. have to be there pretty much right when they open their door. Otherwise, you're going to wait for a while. It's such yeah. a small place, but it's yeah, so good. It is. Um, if it's not nice, you're standing outside in the night. Not nice yeah. weather, and that's not right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Flick's Brew House is our kind of go-to place, mainly for convenience. Mm-hmm. But I like their food. Their French fries are my favorite. They are very good. It's <laughs> uh, I'm a big like popcorn person, but like oh. it's very tempting to like their fries are so good. It's like I, mm-hmm. I will I'll pass up the popcorn for fries instead. So yeah, yep. Very cool. Um, what's next? Music. Do you uh, do you like music? I'm assuming so. But do you have a favorite <laughs> artist, band, genre? What do you like? Yeah. Music? Yeah. Okay. So I have music playing all the time, um, and it really depends on what I'm doing and what kind of mood I'm in. So I'll pretty much listen to anything. Um, I did grow up on country. And it was like old school country that I grew up on. Nice. Um, so I'm still still a fan of country music. Um, George Strait and Reba McIntyre are my all time favorite artists. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there's some other artists in there that I'll I'll always listen to, but those two are definitely my my go tos. The nostalgic stuff. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right, back to biking a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, what 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 type of riding do you do and what's your favorite cycling discipline um well my favorite discipline is going to be cycle cross for sure um i most of my riding has is really just anything that um will help with cycle cross mm-hmm. uh, we do still do some like occasional sunday fun day riding so really just casual riding with um like anybody on our rag bright team that wants to do like a nice slow pace from bar to bar. Yep. Uh, That's usually only once in a while though. So, yeah. Very good. Do you have a favorite place locally to ride or, um, and same same question, but outside of Iowa, have you ridden Mm -hmm. somewhere that you just thought was really awesome? Um, Well, locally I, I think it depends on the kind of riding that I want to do. Um, we, well, I do, especially ride the loop um, from Urbandale to downtown mm-hmm. um, quite a bit. So if I want to just get easy riding in, that's usually what I do. Um, but then we also do like the South Gravel Loops, Yep. Um, which are pretty good, challenging once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of Madrid, or sorry, Iowa. Um, well, the Trek Cup cyclocross race is probably my favorite race. Yeah, I've heard that's really cool. 
I missed it this year for medical reasons, and I'm kind of bummed about it because I heard it was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it that's definitely my favorite race. The it atmosphere wasn't, wasn't, is pretty cool. Yeah, it wasn't ridiculously hot this year because I think <laughs> last year was the year it was like. It was like a hundred degrees when we yeah. were racing last year. Yeah, it was yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um. And then I have um. We rode mountain bikes in Colorado one time and we, it was just James and I, and we didn't really know what we were doing or where we were going. So I think I could really love that if I just had a local person there to tell me what trails to go to, um, that I would actually be able to ride instead of having to walk the bike. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, that's even true in like Iowa, like mountain biking. It's like, it's such a like, it's such a just study you have to ride it and ride it and ride it until you know like every corner and all that stuff so yeah in Colorado I can only imagine it's kind of crazy um do you have a favorite bike and or do you have a dream bike oh man um the 2019 I think it's the 19 um specialized s works crux is my dream bike i want to own that bike the color is just super awesome um christmas is just around the corner james <laughs> so take notes james it's right around the corner i tried all season to get that bike and he nope just kept putting it off um so i would also really like to get a squid bike a custom painted squid bike Yes, those are pretty cool. Yeah, I just don't know what I would want on it, so I can't commit to having yeah. to do it yet. Yeah, you might, you might, you might just have to let you know. Just tell them, do whatever. Come up with something creative. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, because Jeff Jeff Corcoran has one of those, and I know it's pretty cool. It is. Have you talked to those people? Because they come to like Jingle Cross and a lot of the big races. Have you ever met with them? Um. Not like the, like I've met one of the squid racers. Yeah. Two, two of the squid racers. We talked to Anthony last year yeah, at he, Jingle. Yeah, cool. Yep. He's pretty awesome. A lot of energy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Sammy uh, this year at Jingle Cross, James and Joe, I think, tracked yeah. her down to get a picture with her. So I didn't actually talk to her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anthony's... Uh... I think I follow him on Instagram and it's just like all day him just like running around doing, doing burnouts in his van, mm-hmm. just like random yep. stuff. <laughs> so yeah, he's full of energy. Um, well, this is probably a biased question, but which local bike shop is your favorite <laughs> and why? Well, I'd have to say Rassi's. Good answer. Um, Good not answer. only, not just because I work there. <laughs> um, they've they've kind of always been our go-to place. Like when we started biking, um, we were told to go see Greg and talk to Greg. And once we did, like it's kind of just where we kept going. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess kind of a similar question. You and James are on different teams. What's, what's mm-hmm. that like that you guys are on uh, teams that are kind of bitter rivals how does that work out (laughs) um you know I I don't know like it doesn't I guess it doesn't really matter uh (laughs) he rides a lot with the 
who I call the CX groupies. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Chad, Joe, and Mark, mm-hmm. um, which are all on Rassies. Yeah, so he's kind of adopted. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it just seems like he's kind of he he's wearing bike Iowa stuff, but he's been a part of the Rassie team for for a while. Yeah. So. so what you're saying is underneath the bike Iowa kit, he has a, he has a rascal. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you have a favorite local cycling event? Um, I would probably say the grand and dirty wooden shoe are probably my two favorite races, nice. cyclocross races, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Any reason in particular? Um, well, Dirty One Shoe usually has a pretty good number, mm-hmm. um, of women racers. So that's pretty exciting to get a group. And then the Grand, I don't know. It's just a fun course. Um, it's a spec, a pretty spectator friendly course. Yeah. Um, so with it being in Des Moines, like mm-hmm. there's usually a pretty good number of, of people there. Um, which just make it more fun. Yeah. Yeah, it is a fun venue. And you have the sand, and mm-hmm. that's always interesting. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think that's about it for kind of the regular questions. Um, do you have any I, – I asked Rob this as well. He didn't come up with any social media accounts, but he came up with a couple websites. But do you mm-hmm. have any – social media accounts yours or others that you'd like to promote or give a shout out to um oh gosh uh well i'd probably say madewear if you haven't heard of it you should follow it on instagram um it's a base layer oh nice a pretty cool base layer i think um and it's a, a really good one too. Uh, it's actually James. So, <laughs> oh. um, and then this isn't bike related, but only because I'm a total dog fan. The Doggist is probably one of my favorite Instagram accounts because mm-hmm. he just follows dogs around and takes photos of them. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Dog. Dog Instagram accounts are great. Oh yeah. Uh, what did you say the first one was? How do you spell that? It's Navewear. It's K-N-A-V-E-W-E-A-R. The K is is silent. Yes. Yes. I'm glad I asked you how to spell (laughs) that so everyone can go look it up. So because of this podcast, James is going to get a a big boost. Good. Good. He's been kind of quiet on Navewear lately. um, So you'll see that the the last post was, gosh, probably a couple weeks ago. Okay. So is there like a... uh, is there like an online store then or something or um not yet okay we are actually working on that um the the one we have a like some testers out Mm. um so you'll see some some people in pictures you might be able to tell who they are um they're kind of trying them out uh that way we can get photos and get some feedback but then we'll do um like a bulk order for anybody that wants them Nice. So more yeah. to come on that. Yes. In in the works. Awesome. Yes. Okay. Um, paying it forward, kind of putting someone on the spot. Mm-hmm. Who do you think the next person we interview should be? 
Do you have any suggestions? I do. Well, this goes along the lines of getting more women involved. So I'm going to challenge you to get, if not more, the same number of women on your podcast as men. Um, So I'm going to throw Linda Cooper out there because this year she has come out of nowhere and I have given her the title of people's champ this year uh, because she's been rocking it. Yeah. She has raced a ton. She has. Like, She's been amazing. Yeah. Every weekend. She, I know it like Jingle Cross. I think between like Trek CX Cup and Jingle Cross, she won like six races in those two weekends or something. Oh, it was yeah. Insane. Yeah. Yep. I think she would be awesome. And she brings a, a different perspective too because she's um, doing a lot of those master's races. I know she's done. Mm-hmm. Um, she's done races, sev- multiple races with against men this season. So I think that could be an interesting yeah. tidbit as well. So Well, plus she's um, done some bigger gravel races. Oh, yeah. Um, like I, she's constantly racing. I don't know if she does road. Yeah, I don't know. We can. I, I'll certainly ask her. I know uh, when I've gone on some gravel group rides before, she. I'm not afraid to admit she's kicked my butt. So. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> she's a machine. So I think that's an awesome suggestion. So I appreciate that. Um, do you have anything to add before we wrap up here, Angie? Um. No, I don't think so. Okay, cool. Well, I want to thank Angie Armstead for being our latest guest on the Iowa Cyclocross podcast and uh, go out and follow all the stuff Angie said to follow, get get more women involved in cyclocross because it's an awesome thing. And uh, yeah, thank you, Angie. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. No problem. Boy, wasn't that fun. Just wanted... To add a quick note here, Valley Cross is this weekend in West Des Moines. They've redone the course yet again, making it even smoother, smooth as blacktop. The registration closes today, November 15th at 11 p.m. Central Time. Only 41 registered thus far, so get out there, get registered. It's going, uh, it benefits a good cause, uh, the Global Greens Farm, which is located right in the middle of the course. And we were just talking about equal payouts, equal payouts at Valley Cross. Way to be, should be the standard, but Valley Cross is making it happen. So I think 10 places for men and women in the one, two, three races. Come on, let's, let's show up, show out and show Valley Cross a good time. That's all for this week. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time.